Welcome to the Sunday message for Sunday the 3rd of March 2024. The title of this message is Words, Spirit, Life. Words, Spirit, Life. As always, let's go into the scriptures, set a foundation. Our first scripture is the Gospel of John, chapter 6, 63 and 64. John chapter 6, verse 63 and 64. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Let's look at an Old Testament scripture, Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Father God, thank you for your precious word. As we enjoy it today, may our hearts be open to receive life, Lord, which your word provides. Grant us understanding. May the spirit of our minds and our hearts be enlightened by revelation knowledge. And thank you that every spirit or agency that would prevent this word from being heard in the inner man of all who are listening is bound. We thank you for that in the wonderful name of Yeshua. You'll find throughout the word that there is this connection between words, spirit, and life. Christ, after all, was the word made flesh. The revelation of God made flesh. There's another scripture which ties up with all of this. Very simply stated in Psalm 107 verse 20. It speaks there that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word. Christ was the word made flesh and he came to give us life. But let's notice something. Speaking to his disciples, he made the statement, My words are spirit and they are life. There's a divine connection here. And we need to understand it. To start with, let's just consider what words actually are. In the most basic form, a word is simply a thought carrier. Let me say that again. A word is a thought carrier. Sitting here, speaking the message, I have thoughts in my mind. The only way I can communicate those thoughts to anybody else is by formulating words. As I put thoughts into words, and it's the same for everyone, as those words are spoken, other people can pick up those words and hear the thoughts that were mine or yours. So let's just start off with this understanding. Words carry. They carry information at the most fundamental level. 
You go to school, the teacher doesn't sit there like a dumb ox behind the desk. Their function is to stand up and to talk. What are they doing when they talk? The knowledge which hopefully they have, they are communicating with their students. But you see, the Lord didn't just say, my words can educate you. No, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. What this means is that there's more to words than simple intellectual information. In English language, we're very aware of tone, the subject of tone. You speak something and the tone in which you speak it sometimes communicates far more than what you're actually saying. We were having lunch with some wonderful friends of ours and after a delicious bread, they presented trifle. But not any trifle, mind you. This trifle came from the wonderful institution known as Woolworths, famous for creating tasty food. Now, we enjoyed this trifle, and while we were enjoying it, the host said to us, well, he didn't just say, he went into great detail about the trifle that his mother made. And he gave us all the details of the fresh cream, the fresh fruit, etc., 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 He's halfway through this description of this fantastic trifle that his mother made when I put my spoon down and I said, you describe this trifle and here we've got to sit and eat this rubbish. Now, taken at face value, those words could be construed as a terrible insult. I was thoroughly enjoying the trifle, by the way. But you see, what was expressed by my tone was the humour of it all. The point is that words are more than simple intellectual information. They carry something. They carry feeling with them. And what the Lord is saying here is that His word carries His spirit. Now we've got to understand that the words alone do not bring the healing and the salvation that we're looking for. When in Psalm 107.20 it says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. We've got to understand that the words alone do not bring the healing. The words alone do not bring the life. But you see, God's word carries His spirit and His spirit is the agency that brings life. That spirit is the spiritual power behind the words. And you see, that's how you and I can enjoy the blessings of God. We access them through words. But it's not just the words alone. We've got to understand the principle. The words carry. They carry something. Not just information, not just intellectual instruction, but spiritual power, which, if received, produces life. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. 2 Peter chapter 1 2 to 4. Here it reads, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Yeshua our Lord as his divine power, see that? His divine power has given us all things that pertain 
to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now we notice something here. The power has been given through these exceeding great and precious promises. What are these promises? Very simply stated, they are the word of God as written in the scriptures, you see. It says there we have been given this wonderful power through the promises. But notice something. These promises by which we become partakers of the divine nature. The promises are one thing. What they contain and enjoying them is quite another. The point is this. The promises are there for everyone. But not everyone enjoys the blessing. The reason being is we don't really understand. Well, you see, the point is that these promises are there for the taking, but we have to use them. We have to make use of them. If we do not make use of them, they will not function. They will not operate in our lives, even though the power of God is contained in them. If you were given a gift, for example, beautiful gift, beautifully wrapped, whatever that gift is, before you can enjoy it, you and I would have to unwrap it. We have to unravel it, find out what it is, and use it. It's very much like having a car. We have a car in the garage. It normally has petrol in it. It's quite capable of carrying us to town. But we can sit here in our lounge, wanting to go to town all day. The car is ready and available, but we won't get there. Why? But you see, we have to, have to use it. We have to get in the car and drive it. Common sense, really. The same with the promises of God. All these wonderful promises are there, but we have to access them. We have to use them. And that's what this lesson is about. If we understand that God's Word has power, as much power as we actually need for any situation in life, quite a thought, actually. But you see, what does it take for you and I to access that power? Well, let's look at another scripture. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 4. From verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, now this is the important part, the gospel, in other words the word, was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Do you see that? And it goes on to say, For we who have believed do enter the rest. As he said, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now the point is this, you see. Two people, exactly the same, 
to all intents and purposes, hear the word. They hear the gospel. However, the power contained in that word, the spirit of that word, becomes available only to the person who has faith. The person who is prepared to combine what they hear with faith, the substance of faith in their heart, their spirit man. The other person hears exactly the same word, but it does not produce anything. Why? It's not combined with faith. It's not combined with faith. It's not received. It's not willingly received. Now, this is a subject all on its own, but what we've got to understand is that there's healing power in God's word. He sent his word and healed them. Look at Acts 3.16. Here we have this wonderful miracle where a man that was born as a paralytic, when approached by the apostles, given the command, here's the word, jumps up, leaps and shouts and praises God. A miraculous healing. Of course, the crowd are really impressed by this and they come and ask, what happened, what happened? How did it happen? And this is the answer that Peter gives. His name. That's the name of the Lord Yeshua. But notice, he doesn't just say the name. Now please understand, his name is also his word. Very closely associated. God sent his word, sent his name. We haven't got time to go there, but his name, and then it says, through faith in his name, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You see, the word comes our way. The way to extract the spiritual power that is in that word is to translate that spiritual power into the need that we have using faith. If we don't use faith, for example, somebody hears the word of God, maybe it's a salvation message. I did this many a time. And what do they do? They scoff at it. The Bible speaks of scoffers. They set for destruction. I was set for destruction for this very reason. The word of God came my way. But what was my problem? I wasn't humble enough to receive it. Had I been humble enough earlier on to receive it, I would have received salvation at an early age and probably saved myself a whole deal of trouble. But the point goes beyond just getting saved. It applies to everything and every promise that God has made to us. Can you see that? The promise comes our way. We have a revelation of that promise. What we have to do is receive it by faith. I can attest to that. About three years ago now, as many of you know, for one reason or another, my legs came out in big bumps, extremely painful. The doctors actually feared for the worst and wanted to cut me open, etc., etc. However, we took the necessary medication, etc., with great reservation. The doctor released me from hospital. But let me explain something. I know these principles well from experience in the past. At that stage, I had a small obsolete, I suppose, Blackberry. And on it, I had recorded the scriptures specifically Ephesians and healing scriptures. And what I did in the hospital and when I got home, the beauty of the Blackberry 
was that it had a feature that could repeat and repeat and repeat. What I would do is take that device, put it on full ball, and stick it right on the bumps. Now, to the natural man, that's foolishness. What person in his right mind plays his cell phone to his physical affliction? But I understand the principle. Now, what we need to understand is that it wasn't just a case of mechanically playing the word to my afflicted area. Because of what I knew then and what I endeavoured to expand on every day, I realised that I needed to draw faith from these words, these scriptures. And what was happening is, as the word came forth, my faith received it and drew it in to my damaged body, legs, etc. The doctor's prognosis was immediate operation, cut it open, wheelchair for a few months, and for the rest of your life, big scars. Well, the truth of the matter is that, as I am right now, there is no trace of any bump on my legs. I can't even tell where they actually were exactly. What happened? You see, he sent his word. He gave me his promise. By that promise, I took hold of it. I used my faith to extract from those promises his word, which is health to all my flesh. I extracted that health and enjoyed the result, you see, the divine nature, which the Bible promises, which is divine health and wealth and everything else. The point is, you see, the promise is there for all of us. The promise of salvation, the promise of provision, the promise of health, the promise of protection, the promise of peace. So many, many promises. They're all there. God wants you and I to access them. He wants you and I to develop our faith and to receive from His Word, knowing that behind His Word is the Spirit of His Word. You see, faith operates at a spiritual level. The Spirit of the Word can only be accessed by our spirit. And if our spirit is full of faith, we draw from that word that which we require. A very good example is the woman with the issue of blood. The Lord walked through the town. The power of God was in him. And this unfortunate lady, the terrible affliction, but filled with faith, just Grab hold of the word, you see. And what happened? The Lord stopped and said, something's gone out of me. Exactly right. What happened? I am spirit and life. The word made flesh. She grabbed hold of that word with her faith. And what happened? The spirit and the life within him, the dynamite, actually, that was in him, flowed through her physically and healed her. It's available to every one of us in every situation that we find. All these promises are available to every one of us. However, there's another point that I need to mention. You've seen that faith and the spirit of the person receiving is critically important. Equally important when it comes to the spoken word is the spiritual condition of the person reading or speaking the word. Notice that in Psalm 107.20 it says, He sent his word and healed them. It's not magic 
in that you just pick up the Bible or put the Bible next to your leg and it's going to be healed. There are a lot of narrations of the word out there, but not every one of them will be as effective as another. What matters is the spirit and the faith of the person speaking the word. We have to make sure that when we listen to the word, it is spoken by a spirit that is alive unto God and as full of faith as possible, and the Holy Ghost. A person that has strong faith and full of the Holy Ghost doesn't have to speak much. You'll notice the Lord cast out demons, healed the sick very often, and sometimes not even with, but simply with a word. Why? His spirit was filled with faith in his Father. The Holy Spirit was upon him, as he himself declared. Now, with this information, what you now have got to understand is that when we are encountering difficult situations, it would be very nice to get some healing evangelist to come along and pray, and there's no harm in doing that. But we know a lot of situations where people have loved ones who are afflicted, and they don't know what to do. If you understand this principle, perhaps one of the best things you can do for them is to surround them with anointed word, either preached or in the form of praise and worship. What I mean by anointed, and that's another subject altogether, but very simply, evidence of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, it must be Word, the Word of God. Psychologically, people say, oh, well, just put some nice-sounding music in a hospital bedroom and that will heal them. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Neither can I say if it's just simply gospel songs being sung. Although that's probably better, that's still not necessarily as effective as music that carries with it an anointing, preaching that carries with it the supernatural power of God. And someone might say, well, if somebody's unconscious, what help is that for them? The truth of the matter is that even though they might be unconscious, their spirit man is very much alive. And that spirit man is quite able to receive whatever faith comes its way, which very often can result in healing. The Lord said, My words are spirit and they are life. He came to give us life. That's what he wants to do for every single person. And that life is available. It's readily available to anyone who is prepared to understand these principles. Recognize the power of his word. Don't scoff at it. Don't laugh at it. Don't undermine it. Recognize that here is the source of life and use as much faith as you and I can to extract from that word whatever it is that we need. Trust me. No, don't trust me. Trust the word of God. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond 
all that we ask or think. He is for us, not against us. In closing, I'll just read that beautiful proverb, chapter 4, 20 to 22. Let's listen to it very carefully. My son, give attention to my words. Do you see that? Give attention. Don't just sit in the presence of some message or other. Give attention to it. In other words, combine it with faith. Whatever faith we can muster, whatever faith we have, just combine it with what we hear. Agree with it. Even if our mind goes into spasm, no matter your condition, God is able to heal. Incline your ear to my sayings. Can you see that? There's effort involved. We have to incline, incline our ear. We mustn't just pass by. Incline our ear to his sayings, the things he has said, the promises he has made. And then you see, do not let them depart from your eyes. That's commitment. Continually looking at the promises, the best way to absorb them. And then keep them in the midst of our heart. Do you see that? Keep them in the midst of our spirit being. Make them the ultimate authority in our lives. Not what the doctor has said, not what our bank balance says, not what anybody says. Keep the word of God in the midst of our heart. And you see, when we fulfill those conditions, this is the promise of God. They are life to those who find them. Life with a capital L. They are life to those who find them. And then almost like an additional extra. And this is life, obviously. We're not living life if we're ill, but just as an added extra and health to all, notice, all of your and my flesh. May we be people who take the life that is in God's word and use it to live lives to the full for his precious name's sake.